Welcome and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Deacon's Roundtable. This is Deacon Greg Webster from St. Ray for the Archangel Catholic Church in Old Mill Creek, Illinois, joined with Deacon Michael Landi from, uh, oh, he's pointing for that, Deacon Michael Landi from uh, St. Mary the Annunciation in Mundline, Illinois, and Deacon Dave Egan down in Tennessee. Well, he can always tell the church because I always forget it. St. Thomas, right? Uh, Very good. <laughs> And uh, we're talking today, we're going to talk about college, Catholic colleges today. We have some guests from the great University of Mary up in North Dakota. We have uh, Dr. Ann Brodeur, from, uh, who is the chair of the Arts and Science Department. And we have Isaac Pop, who is the uh, coordinator of uh, enrollment and admissions representative. And uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but as we always try to do, we'll start with a prayer from Deacon Mike. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We ask the Holy Spirit to be with us today. Uh, we pray that, uh, especially for our uh, educational institutions, as well as their leaders and uh, professors, that they may lead our uh, students uh, towards wisdom and justice. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So a little bit of disclosure here, Mike. Mike, what's college, what college did you go to? Atelier uh, de Manila. Yeah, you, so, Jesuit University that's a, that's a tough in drive from in 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 Manila. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I know that Dave has has a degree from Loyola University as a Catholic college, and yeah. I went to Saint Xavier in Chicago. I also went to one of the University of Mary's competitors, Holy Holy Apostles, and <laughs> also has have a degree from Loyola University. So I have a little bit of variety here, but. Uh, so thank you for joining us today, guys. We'll, we'll talk about your backgrounds in a little bit, but I, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, uh, about a month ago I was talking to a young person who was looking at colleges, and uh, this this person was telling me she just got back from a trip from from Ave Maria, so that was you know very cool. And yeah, that you know it occurred to me. I said, you know, we haven't talked about colleges too much we, you know, on this show, and. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about you know people who might listening, parents in particular, about uh, the the choice of picking a college is important not only financially but educationally and setting up our kids and and we how the, the values we want to send them. So I reached out to the University of Mary, which is uh, I was there last week lecturing for a class, and uh, what a great university it is. And uh, reached out to Jeff, who's not here, and uh, uh, met Isaac in. Uh, the Leadership Center, right, Isaac? And uh, That's right. today we have Dr. Ann, who's the chair of the Arts and Sciences. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to be with us today, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. It's our pleasure. So um, ladies first, Dr. Ann, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. So um, I went to, did my undergrad at Franciscan University, and I did my master's at um, the Catholic University of America, so yeah, I, I went through Catholic universities as well. And then I went on to do my doctorate at the University of Toronto and the Pontifical Institute for Medieval Studies. So I'm a medieval historian by, by trade, but um, deeply um, sort of rooted in the Catholic educational tradition. So you went to Canada. Um, That's kind of the dark pardon. side, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Canadians, we, we love them. They, they have warm hearts, cold noses and warm hearts. Uh, they're, they're a wonderful bunch. So yeah, um, so I've been teaching in um, Catholic institutions for the last 14 years, well, nearly 20 years. Um, and so I've had a lot of, of time to be thinking about what is it that we do in Catholic colleges and universities that's different 
um, from, you know, your uh, state school down the road or another secular institution. So um, thought been, been through both public and private institutions, uh, Catholic institutions, and have taught in both kinds as well. So I've, I've got a little bit to say about this topic. Great, great, great. And Isaac, want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly, yeah. I'm excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. Um, so I work at the University of Mary in our enrollment office, but prior to, to joining full-time staff, um, I came to Mary in 2016 as an undergraduate student. Um, having gone through public education, K through 12, um, I came to Mary um, kind of searching for something a bit different in my Catholic education in 2016. And uh, ended up, when I graduated in 2020, I was invited back um, uh, to consider graduate school and um, and now finishing my master's degree in Catholic studies. Um, so it's been great to, to go through and have both the undergraduate and graduate experience at the University of Mary. So just out of curiosity, what, what do you plan to do with a master's degree in Catholic studies? <laughs> well, certainly. So Catholic studies, um, and it's great having Dr. Broder here. She was one of my professors in the program. Uh, Catholic studies is, is meant to change your worldview, to think with the mind of the church. And so you can do many things with a Catholic studies degree. It enriches your life um, and helps you build up the culture for the church. And so um, I've seen the way it's impacted my professional role uh, in the more administrative side of the university. Um, many of our students go on to teach and use it to, to a stepping stone for a doctoral degree. So lots of options for me. <laughs> so, so, you know, Isaac, I, my uh, God bless, my youngest daughter just finished uh, college a couple of weeks ago. Praise God. No more Congratulations. For that. But, uh, <laughs> I, Isaac, I, as a father of three daughters who have been college educated, I do not accept your answer because I asked you, what are you going to do with your degree? <laughs> and when I talk to my daughters about that, I want something specific. <laughs> I don't want to dance about these things. What are you going to do with your degree? <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm loving the role I'm in, so I'm going to stick around what I'm doing right now. <laughs> That's better. So, <laughs> Deacon Dave, you want to jump in here? Sure. We're lying like that. How could I not? <laughs> um, so, so one of the, the first questions that I have from just the experiences of uh, Chicago, Wisconsin, the East Coast, and now the South is there's a whole bunch of different Catholic universities across the country. And so, I mean, some of the ones I just sort of look at quickly of like, you have St. Mary's, SFU, St. Bonaventure, Notre Dame, Boston College, Loyola. You know, every single one of those colleges are a Catholic institution, but their philosophies and approaches are very different. So how does St. Mary's balance the education so that someone who's a student there gets the full realm of, um, I'm going to say, uh, traditional to progressive, uh, middle of the road, and how do you balance the education to fit in with the rest of the world? Mm, that's a great question. Um, so when we're talking about, you know, I, I get a lot of, of parents and their, and their students, their rising seniors coming in to talk to me about, about how to select a Catholic college and you know this is one of the questions that comes up you know how, how can I get a wide experience of the church um, the first thing that I'll often tell these students is it it comes down to you know um, who you know when you go to college you're gonna make friends that are gonna be with you for the rest of your life and so you need to think about okay um, what is my friend what do I want my my support what do I want my support system to look like this is an important this is an important thing 
The second thing I ask them to, to think about is, um, you know, what, what are you hoping to gain from your education? And a lot of them say, you know, I want to obtain a really Catholic view or vision of the world. And you can do that through your classes. Um, you know, so classes will often run the gamut of the, of the tradition from the, the ancient to the modern. Um, and then within that, you're going to be introduced to all sorts of thinkers and how they approach different questions having to do with the history of the church, theology, and philosophy. Um, the, the other thing that I think is also important to keep in mind um, is that, you know, for, for, for many of these students, they're, they're really longing um, for a sense of rootedness. Um, they feel really disconnected in many ways um, from the church. They feel, you know, kind of like atoms floating out in the world. And a lot of it has to do with the amount of time that they're spending on, you know, technology that makes them feel like an, a hyper-individualized atom. And they want to belong to a community, a community of a university, but they also want to belong to the community of the church. And they want to uh, belong to something that has roots. Um, so I often talk to students about, you know, the kinds of roots that they need to grow um, and how to put those roots down. Um, so uh, when it comes to exposure to things, it's going to be the kinds of classes that you take. Um, it's going to be, you know, the kinds of, of majors that you select that's going to introduce you to this wide variety that we, we that we see in the church. So with as a follow-up question with that, mm -hmm. so with um, like the, the sciences or something other than a religious studies person are the requirements sure. to have them take uh, a number of electives within religious studies to get the background and the ethics and a, a better understanding because I mean, otherwise why go to a catholic university if and when you're right. going to be studying chemistry right so so um you're, you're really asking the question about, you know, why are, why do most Catholic universities require um, a core set of courses, okay. right? Um, I, I can't really speak to other universities, but I can speak to the University of Mary and why we do it. So I'll just speak from there. Uh, <laughs> um, so one of the things that are, is really important for us at the University of Mary is Newman's idea of um, the unity of knowledge, that um, the truth is one that truth is a person, he has a name, that that truth created the world and that world is good and it needs to be studied, it needs to be understood because when we come to understand the different facets of the world, we come to understand something about he who created it, right? And so one of the ways that we try to impart this to our students, whether they're studying psychology as Isaac did or whether you're studying um, athletic training as some of my students do uh, or nursing, um, is to ground them in this uh, introduction to this idea of the whole. So this is why you're taking theology and philosophy, but also why we make you take biology um, and a math and a math class. You know, a lot of students are like, "Why do I have to do this? This has nothing to do with my business degree." They should be taking but chemistry, this, not biology. Yeah, this is <laughs> the Catholic vision of the world, right? Um, this is why you go to a Catholic institution to obtain that vision of the whole, that the world is good, creation is good, every discipline is good, and it gives us this vision of creation and of the Creator um, that only Catholic schools can really impart. 
Absolutely phenomenal answer. I'm impressed. <laughs> Do you want to come to school here? <laughs> I feel like I'm back in the classroom. Mike, that was great. Paper. That she was really great. In the, in the classroom, so, uh, so, no, I don't think I want to go to school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I paid my dues. I tried. I tried, I tried my dues. Um, actually, after teaching a couple of classes down here, uh, no oh. thank you whatsoever. <laughs> um, so, the, so one of the other things... I guess fall as a follow-up with even those is besides the universities, there are some institutions that just are not a Catholic institution at all, but they try to have the Catholic presence with like a John Newman house trying mm -hmm. to get that philosophy. Um, and I don't know how successful those are. Well, I mean, I'm right. sure if you talk to some people, they'll say they're phenomenal. Other ones will say like, you know, let me out. Um, yeah. You know, but that's another well, thing. But I think it was in what you, your comment was when it's fully grounded from all sides, mm -hmm. you're seeing how it applies. Right. Yeah. You know, I think one of the concerns a lot of parents have now about colleges is like, wow, you know, why, why am I going to fork out all of this money so junior can go stutter, study underwater basket weaving? Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there is a sense among, um, growing sense among Catholic parents that they, they want um, a, a deep, um, grounded sort of education for their kids. Um, it is true that, you know, like Texas A&M has a great um, Newman Center uh, that can provide life for students um, at Texas A&M. But the other question, the, the big question, I think, is education is about forming your mind, right? I, I think um, about your mind as a palace that needs to have furniture put in it, it needs to have walls put in it. It needs to be built out. And how are you going to build that room out? What is the architecture of your mind going to look like? Is it going to be a Catholic architecture? Is it going to be informed by a Catholic understanding of the human person? Is it going to be informed by a Catholic understanding of the social doctrine of the church? Is it going to be um, informed by, you know, um, a Catholic understanding of creation? Right. Um, that's not on offer at Texas A&M. And so, you know, the, the, the challenge for students going to schools that might not have a strong Catholic identity or, or any sort of religious identity is your mind is still getting built out through your education. Right. Your, the furniture of your mind is being rearranged and arranged in the courses that you go to. And then you go to the Newman Center and there, there can be sort of like a culture shock now because the culture of the university, of a secular university, is really, really different from the culture of um, the Newman Center that they're going to be going to. And so there's going to be, you know, um, yeah, some hiccups there. Some, there's big gaps between what's presented by, you know, about your Catholic faith, about the truths of the human person and creation, and then what's being presented in, in the classroom that you go to down the road. It's so interesting to me, Dave, if, if I could follow up on your follow-up for that, though. I mean, I, I certainly understand the academic points, but certainly the Newman centers that – there are some Newman centers that are making that bridge because if you talk yeah. to Texas A&M, there's a great source of vocations. In the state of That's Iowa, right. the, the Newman Center of Iowa State has been a great source of vocations. So, yep. um, No, they're, they're doing, doing fabulous right? work. Absolutely. This is not to say anything against um, – Newman centers, they are doing amazing work, um, but they have to um, pick up what's being dropped um, over at the universities. Certainly. Yep. They're doing tremendous work. 
I think the other thing too, with you know, where you have it together as a cohesive whole, where you're integrating not only the the um, sacramental life, but the formation of the student in external activities. So, like the university here, we're able in our student development department um, form our young people outside the classroom too in the vision of the the church, right? And so you get this understanding of the human person through um, the Catholic Church that's understood at the university. Now that's seeping not only into the academic world, but also into the, uh, the formation side in residence life um, or in university ministry, or even many of our clubs on campus, like our Collegians for Life or um, our Catholic Medical Association group. Like we have these different clubs that make the experience, um, that opportunity for friendship and community that just build upon the rich tradition found in the academic side of things too. And so that's where I think that 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 um, there's great value to where everything is integrated together um, to form this cohesive whole because your experience is instead of segmented of I'm going to go over here for church and then I'm going to go do school here. Rather, it's just this one experience um, as a whole. We appreciate your point. We're coming up on our first break here on WSFI FM 88.5 and AM 750 on your AM dial and WSFIRadio.org on your internet going through here. We're talking with uh, Isaac Pop and Dr. Ann Brodeur from the University of Mary. We're talking about college, colleges, Catholic colleges and picking a, picking a Catholic college. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in, uh, in a few minutes. Never mind. Hi, I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI, and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith. But we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to WSFICatholicRadio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. and. It's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated.
We are back at the Deacon's Roundtable talking with Isaac Bopp and Dr. Amber Durer from the University of Mary about Catholic colleges, why we should consider one as we're going to schools and, and different aspects about it. And, and Isaac, you're at admissions. I, I, got, I got to ask you a question, Isaac. Uh, has the world changed that much since the Stone Ages when, when, when Mike and Dave and I were looking at colleges? Because <laughs> I'd have to say, when, when I was 18 and I was looking at colleges, being formed was probably not on, the, on my list. It was, what job am I going to get? Is dad going to let me go here? Are the girls pretty? You know, <laughs> you know. I don't. I don't see being formed on it. Has it? Has that really changed? Is that really something you get asked uh, a lot in as, as you're recruiting students? I think that's a great question. <laughs> I think um, one thing is that students don't know about the formation side of things, right? So you come to the university, you come and you're looking for a place to. What can I do? What kind of major can I do to get a good job? And the formation side of things is something we do intentionally, and that happens for the student accidentally, if that makes sense. So you don't necessarily know what's happening along the way, right? Uh, but no, that's a, I think there are certain people, certain parents that look for that for their student, but the student doesn't know that they are looking for that too. <laughs> so so how, how do you know uh, the students accepted at all? Uh, are, are they accepting it or, or what? How do we know the students are accepting the formation that they're being offered? Yes. Um, I think that's a great question for Dr. Brodeur. Just because <laughs> the, well, I think you see the transformation of the student in the classroom, right? right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, um, you know it's working when you see them coming to things voluntarily. Their moms and dads aren't there telling them to show up. They show up on their own. Um, so, for instance, I, I teach in Catholic Studies, and we have... Um, several extracurricular events that we run every week. Um, we run one called Convivium, which is a, basically a big family dinner um, and with some programming, a talk, a presentation, a skit, whatever, um, about a particular topic. And we regularly have 180 students show up for this, and nobody's mm -hmm. telling them to do it. Um, you know, and then on Saturdays, we have something called Afternoon Parlor, which is... Um, structured like a, a medieval disputatio and they come and have highly structured arguments about hot topics and we regularly get about a 75 to 100 students showing up for that and so you know that they're they're accepting it when they when they start choosing it for themselves mom and dad have left they've been moved into their rooms and they start selecting to go to bible study they start selecting to show up to all of these extracurriculars that are offered to them on campus, so that's that's I think the best way to know um, if if they want it, if they're choosing it for themselves, is the fact that they show up on their own. So, so that's good to know. So I've I've met some some students from Franciscan and Ave Maria, and also University of Mary through through some of the actually those students at the University of Mary and things, and and I find them to be just a very impressive young group of young people to be honest with you i i i i, mm. I think i think they're really cool i was out there last week as i said and at 6 a.m there was 12 to 15 people at adoration in, in in the chapel i just just but just listening to the individual stories and, and how serious they are they're they're a wonderful and and inspirational thinking hey maybe the world's going to be going to last past us but is so does that mean that that isaac or or Dr. Ann, when you're when you're looking for a student, is there a certain profile that you know is going to succeed, or 
Can you take Greg from suburban Chicago, who's a bonehead but went to Catholic schools but went through CCD and, and thinks he's Catholic but might not be as serious about it as something? How, how do, you, do, you, do you, is there a model out there? Is there something that, oh. that you work with <laughs> public school kids to help them, help them with this? How does that work? I, I love Greg from Chicago, who's a bonehead. Um, <laughs> Thank you. He's the best kind, right? Um, I, lo I love the normal, you know, the quote unquote normal students, the Greg, Greg from Chicago. They're wonderful um, because um, they, they're not going to take anything just because I said so. It's very easy for a student to just look at me, oh wow, she's a professor, I'm just gonna believe whatever, she, whatever comes out of her mouth. But Greg from Chicago isn't having any of it, right? He wants to know why. And so he's the best kind of student because you can uh, really get into good conversations about hard topics um, with, with that kind of student. Those are the kinds of students that once they catch on fire, they're amazing. Um, but they, so there's no, I wouldn't say there's a profile out there. Um, there are students who, you know, who come to the University of Mary, and Isaac can talk more about this, for different reasons. Um, they might come for the athletics. We were a D2 school, so we have lots of students just coming for the athletics and not for the Catholic identity. Um, we've got regional students coming for um, the nursing program or business or education and not for the Catholic identity. And then we get kids who are coming for the Catholic identity. And by the time they leave, we see a lot more of um, similarities across all of these groups. You know, they bought into the vision in some way. Um, and they, you know, Greg from, Greg, Greg from Chicago has somehow been persuaded that all of this stuff is pretty cool. Because you had pretty girls there, yes. <laughs> the, the, the male to female ratio is in Greg's favor. Let's put cool. it that way. Cool. <laughs> Greg needs all the help he can get. He was a chemistry major. So, <laughs> so I throw another question out for you as a challenge. So when you're talking about the formation, it almost sounds like a CAM type approach, like small group approaches, and that's absolutely great for formation. It really is. Yeah. Um, but now with the trend of a decent percentage of students online and mm -hmm. not being able to develop those relationships, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Isaac, do you want to start with that one? Sure. So it's a great question because we have um, a lot of our students online. Um, we have about 2,000 undergraduate students here on our main campus and about 1,000 students online. One of the really incredible things that we do that um, to try and tie in some of that formation, that community for our online students is that many of our programs require an institute. Just like Deacon Greg, I mean, he was here last week for um, one of our programs teaching. And I mean, I, I'm hoping that you saw Deacon Greg, the, the way that the students became fast friends during their week together. Um, and the idea is that by coming here for an intentional week, a week little bite-sized chunk of the university, you can um, understand our hospitality, understand the you marry way, um, we like to say, uh, within that one week. Uh, and that's really the, the hope, you know. And the other thing I think for online students is the availability of our faculty. Um, the I idea that you can still connect with, with um, your faculty member and you're not just a number behind the computer screen, um, but that, you know, Dr. Berger will sit and have office hours virtually and, and, and get to meet our students at a, who are at a distance. So one of the reasons I was asking that question, it was just through formation through um, when I was going through the diaconate, granted, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> we actually had, uh, 
I think it was three separate campuses for the class, like on the north, central, and south. And even though the north side was together, I'm going to say there were 10 couples, per se, we really didn't start getting close till probably the middle of the second year when we were meeting every single week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took that long to develop those type of trusting relationships where you can get into the core mm-hmm. of having these difficult dis- discussions and understanding uh, someone could have an extremely different viewpoint looking at the same document as you, but neither of you are questioning each other's faith or intention. Right. And that, I mean, it's just, it's um, almost a, you could, some say any really good relationship, you know, marriage or otherwise, mm-hmm. that it takes that ability. So I'm just, yeah. Okay. I mean, so those are just yeah, thoughts and experiences. Yeah, I, I teach um, these online classes, and it's you have it's a di- take requires a different skill set to build community online um, than it does in the classroom. Um, so you have to be really intentional about it. You have to think hard about how it, it's not just you know throwing up a discussion board and tell me your favorite your hobbies and your pets names and things like that. You really have to 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 jump in deep quickly, um, and then you also have to make time for face to face synchronous discussion to put names and faces and to hear voices um, you know so that I know what your voice sounds like um, and I feel like I'm coming to know you in some way a lot of these students tend you know will come and see will see each other in many classes consecutively and come to get to know each other pretty well but that that institute which requires them to come to campus for one week out of the year I think is the game changer that's where, you know, your experience of really kind of, okay, now I'm in relationship with you in a way that I wasn't before really um, comes alive for our students. I think that I would agree with that. Just having been there last week for the orientation week in the bioethics program, that, uh, but first of all, I would say that Dave, I said, Dave, I think COVID has changed the rules so that people are so yeah. much more comfortable now being online and inter- interacting I, I certainly agree that face-to-face makes things easier, but I, I think there's there's a, a faster path now that people are online. But as Isaac was saying, that to be on campus is a totally different experience than, than that. I, I've always been a fan of the University of Mary, and I'm a fan of Francisco and Ave Mary and some of the other schools. But to be on campus is where you get to feel the environment. You get to, to interact with kids that just aren't in your class. You get to see them at adoration, and and uh, it's just it's just you like – wow this is a really cool place to be and what how lucky i am to be part of it and i think i you know that i don't know that you'd get online but certainly you, you get impressed by some of the students and things like that and of course online's not just 18 year olds and and that guy from chicago we have priests and nuns and doctors and everything else online it's just, just a yeah. wonderful just a wonderful community but uh, be, being online, I think, or being on site does does make a difference by by all means. But just even at work, when I'm when I'm talking with teams with people, if I if I meet them ahead of time, the on site, the the online stuff is is so much more more effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, not everyone can fly to North Dakota or right. uh, Fort Myers, <laughs> right. Florida, or things, yeah. things like that. I, I I would say the online experience, um, you know, for the old, for an adult or somebody who is doing graduate work or who is maybe a non-traditional student coming back to do a bachelor's, um, they can um, handle online learning uh, in, but probably better um, than your average 18-year-old. Um, your average 18-year-old needs in-person mm-hmm. relationships. 
that's, you know, they're still at a place where they need um, formation in um, how to be a friend, um, how, how to live life in community. Um, that's not your family, right? <laughs> um, they need, you know, they, they need to learn how to, to get along with adults. Um, and so the, the, I would say that the, the in-person experience is, you know, the ideal experience, not all, you know, not everybody can do the ideal, but is probably the ideal experience for your 18 year old. For your older adult, somebody coming back, somebody doing graduate work, the online, um, the online sort of mode is is a really ideal sort of mode because often they're working full time. Uh, they've got life. Life has started for them, and they can't just stop life and go back to school full time in a way that an eighteen year old can. So you know these different modalities, I think, are um, fit different age groups uh, in different ways. Have you with the? This is more of a curiosity question. Have you found the? Online students that are non-traditional, older, are they more open online uh, as far as because they're less afraid or is it the other way around? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it probably depends. Um, But for the most part, you're coming back to school. You've made a choice to add this extra dimension to your already busy life. And so you don't have time for worrying too much about how do I look online or or how am I coming across? You know, I, I find that my, you know, my older students are quicker to get to the chase. They're much more willing to kind of throw into the discussion uh, in a way that an 18-year-old who is a little bit more unsure of themselves would do, right? Um, so we've been around the block a few times, you know, and so that that sort of concern for how does this look or how does this sound just isn't there as much so okay no that's just just from just <laughs> different experiences that you would have that i have not i mean one of the things yeah. that uh i have gotten i guess very lazy is for me to go to church is a uh 20 to 30 minutes drive because mm-hmm. i'm out in the boom of nowhere now mm-hmm. if they um and so if I get a chance to do a meeting online versus spending an extra hour having to uh, travel, it's like, okay, there's not even a question about this anymore. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, COVID. Right, yeah. Things have really changed, though. During my time, and this is a sad experience, my department chairman, we were requesting 5 o'clock to be moved to 6 because most of us were working. It was graduate school. And he says, no, we can't do that. Go to another school. That was the response oh, no. we got. So oh, the, the, the on, online thing is, to me, something wonderful. It's, mm-hmm. Well, especially yeah. when you get uh, schools like DePaul in Chicago that had a lot of regional campuses have, have closed most of them because of the online aspect. But I've noticed a lot of schools like Northern Illinois and things like that have not have, have kept the mixture of going through there. So I guess it's the, it's the models. But even Ave Maria's got the couple campuses in North Dakota, one in Arizona State, I believe, right, and one in one in Rome. Oh, uh, yeah, at the University of Mary, yeah, we have uh, Bismarck, we've got Fargo, uh, Billings, where else, Isaac? You're, you're the pro. <laughs> yeah, we're in Williston, North Dakota, Watford City, North Dakota. Um, we have a location at um, Arizona State University uh, down in Tempe, and then we have our campus in Rome. I've actually asked for my orientation week to, with my class to be in Rome next year. I think that would be a... Uh, <laughs> so there, there you go again. Excuse to go. <laughs> so, but Isaac, do you, do you see do you see the trend? Do, do you see how how is university 
dealing with the uh, re people wanting to be online and being uh, local in, in 2023, do you see the younger people wanting to be on campus or is it, have you noticed anything? Yeah, definitely. I actually think the um, desire for, for in-person face-to-face on-campus learning has increased coming out of COVID um, for our traditional 18-year-old. Many of them had that experience where they lived through having a year of their high school experience or their middle school experience um, be almost completely online. Um, and I think that they're able to recognize that they really value is that at that age where you don't have the same um, busyness of an adult learner and you're able to put aside um, your work or something and to come and learn full time. Um, for our traditional 18 year old student coming right out of high school, um, there's a lot of, of, of um, desire and it's continued to grow in that area. And, uh, for the most part, our, I know some universities are struggling right now with, with students. Is, is that a common thing or is that starting to go away too with uh, the, the end of the pandemic? You know, thanks be to God, um, enrollment at the University of Mary is great. <laughs> Very good. good. That's good. Well, we're coming up yeah. on our second break here at uh, Deacon's Roundtable here on WSFI 88.5 FM AM 750 here in the Chicagoland and Midwest and Milwaukee and Joliet and Grand Rapids, Michigan and all the great areas that we reach on EWTN Broadcast Affiliate. We'll be back shortly. Taste and see the Lord is good. Drink from the cup of his forgiveness. Never mind where you have been before Everyone is welcome Open is his door So come to his table Leave your sins behind Open up your heart to him Seek and you will find And in the mystery Hey, this is Mark Curran. Are you in need of a trial lawyer? My career in both law and politics has been spent fighting for the injured and most vulnerable. Martindale Hubble has given me the highest rating in ethics and ability. If you want a trial lawyer with the highest rating in ethics and ability that will not support the evil agenda destroying America, but will support WSFI Catholic Radio, well, you can learn more at 847-721-3189 or go to markcurranlaw.com. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. My name is Father Dominic Pelusi. I'm a member of the Priests of the Sacred Heart. I have been ordained for 41 years. St. Paul tells us, how shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? We have the opportunity for Catholic Radio to do exactly that, to bring the Word of God into our houses, but more importantly, into our hearts. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online 
at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. We are back on the Deacon's Roundtable. Thank you for joining us. We heard Dr. Ann Brodeur and Isaac Pop from the University of Mary talking about Catholic education and Catholic colleges. And, of course, we've been talking about the Catholic aspect of, 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 these, of these classes and, and courses and campuses, and we certainly uh, appreciate that here at WSFI, but we also got to remember that academics are important, so I think it's uh, kind of cool to... Uh, Note that the University of Mary is, uh, I don't know if they're number one or number two, but they are very high in, in uh, the, the nursing programs in the United States. So um, we're not asking anyone to sacrifice ac- academics while we're doing that. So, But Isaac, I want to ask you, if, if I can, uh, when I was talking to this young person the other day, they were talking about a Newman list. And, and uh, that wasn't something that was around with, with, you know, back in the Stone Ages when, when Mike was in, co- in, in college here. <laughs> but uh, can you t- explain a little bit about the Newman List? Is that something that we should should be looking at? Yeah, definitely. So the um, Cardinal and Newman Society has put together the Newman Guide and the Newman List for choosing Catholic college. Um, and they're a trusted resource in which um, you can can know that a university is being faithful to the church's teachings, faithful to the magisterium, um, and also following um, John Paul II's letter um, called Excordia Ecclesiae, which is um, his direction on what the purpose of the Catholic university is, um, what the, the university of, is for. Um, and so you know that a school on the Newman Guide is being faithful to the church's teachings um, and faithful to that vision of, of higher education, um, according to, to uh, Pope St. John Paul II. And is the University of Mary on this list? You bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> are, are any schools in Illinois on this list? <laughs> I mean, we, we know some of the bigger ones here, but I don't know. Like what? In Illinois? I don't know. Maybe uh, Benedictine might be. I don't know. Dominican. There's, we, have, we have some pretty good, good. We have some very big. I mean, the world's lar- the largest Catholic university in the United States is in, is in I believe, it's DePaul, right? Might be Loyola, but I think it's DePaul. One of the two is the largest. <laughs> of them, but uh, I wouldn't say, I don't know how Catholic, uh, you know, how are we defining a Catholic university, guys? Yes, good question. <laughs> Come on, Isaac, we're putting you on the spot here. How are we defining a Catholic <laughs> university? <laughs> well, oh, this will be good. Dr. Murder can help me with this one, too. <laughs> well, I would say, you know, defining a Catholic university, it's where the life of the church is integrated into um, the academics, into um, the extracurriculars, but also that the vision of the human person is integrated into um, everything we're doing too, right? So when you go to your biology class, your chemistry class, um, your business class, that, you know, the human person, the core of, of who we're trying to reach is, is faithful to the church's teaching, but 
also that um, the common knowledge that truth, capital T truth, right, is a relationship with Christ. Um, and, and having that relationship guides everything about the university. Yeah. yeah, I would say that um, John Paul II left us some pretty good um, guidelines for thinking about the Catholic uh, University, ex corde, as Isaac mentioned, is is one of the keys among them. Um, and ex corde, ecclesia, means uh, from the heart of the church. This idea that Catholic higher education um, comes out of the heart of the church um, and that in some ways is an apostolic extension of the church's work in the world. Um, he also you know, wrote famously about the integration of faith and reason. Uh, the Catholic uh, institution is, the Catholic higher ed institution is meant to uh, not shy away from uh, the sciences, for instance, or from um, the latest in engineering or in other areas. We're not um, to kind of go crawl into a hole and pretend like uh, the modern world doesn't exist or that modern advances and innovations don't exist. We're supposed to be in it and part of it and shaping it because we believe that reason gives us access to the truth, but so too does faith. Faith also um, helps inform reason and enlighten it. And so the Catholic institution is meant to integrate both faith and reason. Um, I would say, too, that increasingly, you know, the schools on the Newman Guide list would say that it's not just the integration of faith and reason, but it's the integration of faith and life as well. Um, that, that the faith ought to be not just something that you learn about um, in a textbook, in a religion class, but that you should have an opportunity to integrate what you're learning about the faith into your life um, through the, like the formation programs that uh, Isaac was talking about earlier. Um, that you would have an opportunity to really make it yours and not just something that you study and then pitch into a bin at the end of the semester. Um, so, yeah, the, the, this idea of integration of, of faith and reason and faith and life, I think, are hallmarks of a Catholic university. I can also say that as a, as a, a lecturer, I feel a lot more freedom at a campus mm -hmm. like the University of Mary because I, I feel like I have the freedom to speak the truth. I have the freedom to challenge the aspect as long as I do so respectfully and, and in you know in an academic manner. And I don't know that I've always I felt that freedom at a common Jesuit university that Dave and I went to. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, nameless. I was but, waiting for that one. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it was true. I people I think are surprised. I said I, I, I really love the freedom I have at the University of Mary, and I tell people, I even tell people in our say, hey, if you can't challenge the faith, then you don't have much of a faith anyway. So, but but so I don't want to think that that when we we're talking about some of these Catholic colleges, we're you know we're building little robots or things like that. And and as Dr. Right. Ann was saying, we're talking to the academics, we're talking to theories, and 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 we're ta we're challenging them. And and I think that's that's kind of cool. And I think we almost have more freedom. Well, I say we have more freedom. I don't know if Dr. Ann and and, and Isaac agree, <laughs> but I say we have more freedom in those environments to to have those conversations. Yeah, I, you know, a common, um, I think, misconception or misunderstanding about Catholic education um, for some people might be that, oh, well, you know, you, you use the image of robots, you know, that we're somehow creating little Catholic robots um, who aren't free to think for themselves. Um, in fact, a true Catholic education is meant to uh, encourage you to think for yourself, to ask those questions. Um, we had talked about Greg the Bonehead uh, from, from Chicago. We want Greg to ask all of the hard questions, and we shouldn't be afraid of them. There should be nothing 
that is really um, can't be explored from the position of faith and reason. We shouldn't be afraid of it. There's nothing to be afraid of. Um, that we should be able to to talk about these questions together, charitably, generously with one another, um, seeking the truth together in love. Right? Um, that we're really the the goal isn't winning. That I'm going to beat my opponent. The goal is truth. Right? That you and I um, are coming at where we might be debating something, something controversial. Um, pick any controversial topic today, but the goal is that we would come closer to the truth together in friendship and that we can know the truth together and love it. And so one of the other things I just throw out there from the ethics side of the world, the truth is also individualized when mm. you get to the third level of conscience. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. serious that. So you can actually have two people that are very Catholic um, mm -hmm. As you find if you look in theological uh, uh, journals that uh, vehemently disagree with each other and both mm -hmm. with the exact same set of facts. Right, right. We bishops like yeah. that. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, we what have was bishops that? like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was being yeah. kind. I, I don't want to get yeah. to that level. I'm not naming names. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the important thing here, though, is that we're both seeking the truth, and we might be coming at it from radically different perspectives. Like maybe, you know, um, somebody is coming from a third world perspective, and here I am coming from the United States nice. with a, a very specific perspective. Um, and so having these perspectives on an issue and earnestly listening to one another, learning how to be in one another's presence and to listen to one another and to and to really engage one another like too often i think uh civil debate it de descends into um you know a sort of name calling, calling or him. yeah and it doesn't actually advance the truth at all but if we can sit in each other's presence and talk about our different perspectives on things we might become we might come closer to the truth of the matter together and have a richer understanding for it a couple of questions, that, I guess, a follow-up with those, and more about the campus in general. Is there a code of conduct that students must apply that are more, that are more Catholic-based than you would find at other institutions? And you know, are there requirements for, like, community service? And I just, think that's on you. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, just other aspects. Of saying, I mean, because it's Reason and Faith. I actually have a few books with that title over there in my bookcase. Um, <laughs> But then applying that reason of faith into actually diving with a living tabernacle is a very different approach and understanding the fullness of what you're being taught. Right, right. So yeah, I, go go for it, Isaac, and then I'll follow. Yeah, up. yeah. No, just to, to quickly answer your question there too. We do we do have a code of conduct. Our students are are, are asked to follow certain guidelines. You know, when they are students here, um, even when they're off campus, there are certain things we're asking our students to abide by. Um, within that code. Um, so we are hoping that our students um, would follow and, 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 and care for, you know, when they are a student here, they put on, you know, the University of Mary hat per se. And so they're representing our university as an institution out in the world. And so we're hoping um, that, that they, they carry that um, their formation here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, we talk a lot, though, um, in the classroom that what you've been given, you must give, you know. Um, so we do have students, we have a, a, 
uh, a day of service um, where everybody is uh, sent out into the community to serve in various capacities um, at different institutions um, around the Bismarck Mandan area. Um, we have a lot of students who serve um, the poorest of the poor um, through ministry on the margins. Um, so we've got a variety of ministries that students are encouraged to participate in. We also um, live close to a, a number of reservations that our students do a lot of work on, um, helping to, you know, build housing, helping to um, take care of um, the schools and the churches on, on those reservations. So we en encourage our students to share what they've been given. So Isaac... Go ahead. I was going to say we're, we have a few minutes left in this segment. I think it would be quite appropriate since we've had you guys gave us so much of your time today. Um, we have great schools on the Newman list. We have talked about the great of uh, the goodness of Catholic college education. Um, for someone listening here on WSFI, how are you going to sell University of Mary? Why University of Mary? Certainly. <laughs> so the University of Mary. Um, I think we've touched on a lot of the very, very key things um, when you consider the University of Mary. But so we're a liberal arts school um, for the professions. So we have professional degrees. Um, we have one of the top nursing programs in the in the nation. Um, we are a school that um, aims at integrating truth through the faith into all that we do. Um, and so I think the University of Mary, you know, you might think Bismarck, North Dakota, why go there? It's a beautiful place to be, beautiful community, um, incredible opportunities up here in the upper Midwest. Um, I think when I say, you know, why the Mary difference, um, there's a couple of key things that come to my mind. We're pioneering, we have this pioneering courage, this, this spirit of doing something that's never been done before. Um, I think of our new nursing academy, students are able to um, earn their bachelor's degree in two, we call it 2.6 years, really three academic years, um, year round. And we have generous donors that are, are, are paying for students will cover tuition 100%. Um, so we have opportunities like that, that um, will extend our students, let them be formed in this vision of truth and this Catholic vision, but also be able to go out into the world to spread their faith um, in their workplace in the secular environment. Well, you know that bonehead from Chicago is worried about Buffalo being on the campus, even though it's North Dakota. But uh, so, do, do, how, how do you how do you sell the Dakotas there, Isaac? How do I sell the Dakotas? Well, you got to come to campus. You got to see our grotto. You got to see the Missouri River Valley. Um, Seriously, Missouri River Valley. We have a great lake next to us. You're not going to impress us uh, with the Missouri <laughs> River. <to us. laughs> I think one of our, our best kept secrets is our location. I think a lot of people look at Bismarck and they think, what? But once you get here, um, the the vistas are gorgeous. The the summer and falls are gorgeous. Um, you've got, you know, if you have an outdoor bone at all, there is so much to do out here. Um, because we're a smaller state capital, we have so many opportunities for young people for internships up at the state capital, internships at the state archives. We have several hospital systems here that our students do um, their clinicals with. Um, these are harder positions to get in bigger cities with a lot of schools. But if you want the fast track to, I don't know, you know, state politics, or you know, um, getting a, an internship at, at, a, at a premier uh, global uh, company, you can get that here. 
So we've got Bobcat here in town. We've got so many students, um, you know, that interned with Bobcat. So uh, there's a lot here for our students. Um, and so actually, uh, Bismarck is our secret sauce um, mm. that helps us uh, do, do it differently than other institutions. But then we've got our mission and our vision, which are so special um, that, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to train, you know, we're going to educate you for a job but we're also going to educate you for life. We're going to shape you into the kind of Catholic that can go out and transform the world. And you have sporting clays now. That's yeah. right. The, 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 new, <laughs> the, the new university sport, sporting clays. I was pretty happy. Actually, I was talking to the class. I said, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in Chicago, that probably aren't too excited about a campus having sporting clays as a sport there. <laughs> I think it's awesome myself, but uh, – it just it's shows. Olympic sports. It just shows what a, what a great, great, big variety that we hey, have. We have got we've got championship hockey teams too, and hockey, of course, <laughs> and a new football yeah. stadium coming, and all great things coming on. So if uh, you want to check out the University of Mary, make sure you check out uh, umary.edu. So, Doctor Ann and Isaac, we surely uh, appreciate you spending an hour with us talking about college, uh, college education, college campuses, and of course the University of Mary. Um, thank you so much. And before we go, we certainly want to end with a prayer. So, Deacon Mike, if you will uh, lead us there. I will do that. And uh, I'll end up with a blessing in the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the hour that has passed. Thank you for the wisdom we've shared with each other. And again, we continue to ask your blessing on our professors, especially Anne and Isaac here, and on the institutions. May they lead our students okay, in, in the Catholic way so that they... Uh, not just attain professions, but rather servitude towards humanity and bring about peace and prosperity to all who need it. And uh, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And, spirit. and may the Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Be to God. All right. Well, again, thank you, Do thank you, Isaac. Thank you, Dr. Ann. And uh, if anyone has any specific questions, Isaac, I think they could. Can they contact you, or where should they go? Certainly, yeah. If you visit our website, umary.edu, there you'll be able to to learn a whole lot about the University of Mary and send us a message through our website. Sounds good. Have a blessed day, guys. Thank, thank you very much. much.